Okay, okay, okay. Listen, <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. under Diet Coke, so I may have to go get a Diet Coke at some point during our recording. A little replenishment? Yeah, yeah. 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 I'm tired. Uh-huh. What's your, uh, you have a daily Diet Coke intake? We talking five per day? Mm, max four, I would say okay. max four. Generally <laughs> two, max four at this okay. moment in my life. That's not bad. No, I don't think it's bad at all. I don't think it's bad at all. I don't think it's bad at all. I'm tired of having to defend it. <laughs> <laughs> my dentist told me to watch out for my uh, consumption of acids. Uh-huh. Does your dentist tell you to do that? I don't think Basically. I have it. I don't really have it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So doesn't dentist Less does not give you that they, instruction. Every time I go to the dentist, they tell me annoying shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it turns out everything everything I like to eat and drink uh, is acidic, and I am eating and drinking constantly throughout the day, which is by far the worst thing I could possibly do for my uh, teeth and gums. I had a doctor once try to tell me to eat less he was like, maybe try to eat less tomato-based sauces. I was yeah. like, motherfucker, my last name is Nochera. Like, it's not, it's not, it's not happening, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I eat tomato-based sauce every day. Yeah, as it should be. Yeah, I agree. Um, my name is, in fact, Nick Nocera, and. This is No One Likes to Do a Podcast, and I'm here with my beautiful, lovely co-host, who I haven't seen in a couple of weeks. And his name is... Daryl Wong, good Darryl to see you once Wong. again. Oh my god. It's so good to see you. I haven't seen <laughs> you in so long. It feels like a million years, but yeah. yeah, it's great. Every two weeks, we watch a Fast and Furious movie, and we talk about it. What are you drinking? Uh, this is a beer. I have a... Uh, Sloop Brewing Juice Bomb Northeastern IPA. It's kind mm-hmm. of an orangey beer beverage. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Cool. I drink them with ice. I don't. I think you knew that. You're a beer and ice kind of guy. I had it one time at a restaurant. Yeah. They served a little slushy on top of it. I was like, this is absolutely how it should be drunk. This is it. <laughs> this is the way of the, of the future. It's not like a, a thing you inherited from your from your parents or anything like that? No. Nope. I had it at Uputo Ramen. Mm. I indefinitely... I don't have any... I don't, do I have weird shit like that? Not really. Mm-hmm. I eat very fast. Mm-hmm. That I did inherit from my, from my dad. I just like... Once the food touches down in front of me, it's like, this is food consumption time. Mm-hmm. Later we'll be speaking time. But, like, we'll get to that after I consume my food. Mm-hmm. It's like five intense minutes of yeah. food consumption, like, and then we're done. We've waited long enough, all right? The buildup is culminating in this moment. Let's seize it. I'm hype. The food's here. Let's eat it. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know. There's that. And then I'm anti-straw. Not for any valuable ethical reason i just don't like them i don't like <laughs> like the pursed lips like sucking i'm not into it so mm-hmm. those are my two things yeah i don't i don't love a straw i don't seek one out i do think that the 
spray water bottle. I like that. Much like this splash cash pump bottle. Yep. Kind of I thing. like one of those. Yeah, but not a I'm not a sucker on that. I do it uh you know like you NFL it. style. <laughs> NFL style. <laughs> <laughs> the farther away the right that I could do that. that. You gotta yeah. have the cool ones that like go with bicycle racing or with like something else. You gotta have it. Yeah. I've never yeah. had one before, but the hockey one always seems cool that has the, the hockey one is straw. Great. <laughs> I did I played peewee hockey for uh three years and I was really mm-hmm. bad at it, but I did love those water bottles. And I've mm-hmm. never seen them again since. They're giant yeah. blue water bottles that you either had like this extendo thing to get into your mask. Yeah. Or you just like tip it up a foot above your head and yeah. splash it all over your face. Yeah. And that's not considered a straw. That's more of like a, yeah, that's an extendo. You don't usually yeah. suck on it. That's for, yeah, long distance spraying. <laughs> long distance <laughs> controlled spraying. <laughs> all right. We got to talk about Furious 7. We watched, mm-hmm. we both watched Furious 7. And, um,. Yeah, for the 26th sixth time, mm-hmm. we've watched Furious mm-hmm. 7. Yeah, I've seen this movie 26 times. I'm still looking at new things. Jack O'Connor, got to be 14 years old now. Right? 14? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying, like, let's think yeah. about it. Like, at the, in the world of FX, Fast mm-hmm. X, how old is Jack O'Connor? The timeline, obviously, understanding the timeline is very fucky. Yeah. They don't tell people when things happen. Dom maintains, like, like Vin Diesel, I believe, maintains that Dom Toretto is 35 years old in these movies. Mm-hmm. So, And they all happen <laughs> one week after the next. <laughs> and, of course, that makes sense because they all look exactly the same. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> and not middle-aged at all. Um, but... Uh, yeah. I mean, like, he's what? He's looking old in this movie. He's looking three-ish. Mm-hmm. He's going to... No, he's getting dropped off at school. So he's got to be at least four. Like, he's, he's got to like be four. Pre-kindergarten, like kindergartner. So he's got to be four in this movie. Yeah. It would be cool to get together a, like, young... Like a Teen Titans... <laughs> I don't even know what that is, but like Jack O'Connor, Little B, and like Little Hobbs mm-hmm. as a crew, you know, street back to the street racing crew. Huh. Good, yeah. All right, let's get to this. Fourteen years old, so he's let's call it three or four in this current movie, yeah. and then he goes into hiding and is allegedly what homeschooled. Probably taught karate, yeah. surveillance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> surveillance. Out in like a Dominican tech garage. Like, yeah. yeah and granny shifting, that sort of thing. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then what are our other markers? We see Mia. Every, every, they just say, hey, Jack is over there. We see yeah, Mia he's come back. Out. They're hanging yeah. out. You know, they're showing yeah. up to the barbecue late. Mm hmm. As always. So, you know. Maybe 10. Yeah. Yeah, maybe 10. But they have the whole cypher thing. That doesn't just happen. Does it? I mean, it happens at some point between <laughs> when Jackie was three and, and when he was 14. 
mm-hmm. probably. It's all I'm saying is like it's been in real time. It's been what eight years since this movie came out. Mm-hmm. So that's eleven, mm-hmm. at least. You know, if we're counting real time on it. But I don't know. I don't know. Kids got to be old. It would be cool to see them come back and like do some stuff. Is all I'm saying. Right. Get, get the gang back together, in a way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So let's eleven plus. All right. Well, Lil B in. Yeah, whole, how old is Little B? He's got to be Lil, like 13 or 14, right? He looks, no, he's certainly under. He's not 14. That Lil kid B is, is 16 years old. <laughs> so, right, Baby Jack is older than Lil B. He's older than Little B. So even if Lil B's 11 in the movie, which mm-hmm. is low, guess. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jack's at least... Four years older than he is. Okay, here's the central existential (laughs) question of the movies. All right? This is more existential a question than is Gal Gadot playing a Latino person in Fast 4? Okay? This is like Mm -hmm. more Furious 7. Does Little B exist at this point? Like during this movie? Um. No. At at most, wait. At most, Elena. So, Elena is pregnant at the beginning of this movie. Of this movie. Okay. In the hospital with. And not when they're in the hospital with Dom, when she's like, he's like, you you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm fine. (laughs) So, at that point... She doesn't like him in that scene. I was noticing that today. Wow. 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 Yeah. (laughs) So, and that's why... Wait, hold on. um, Hobbs grants Elena a transfer or a leave of absence. I must be like you know he, he doesn't he doesn't first of all he doesn't grant her anything okay the, the recommendation yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay mm-hmm. <laughs> I know that there's no paid family leave that's like federally mandated but you cannot be fired for taking leave to have a child mm-hmm. so. Um, yeah, I don't know what's... They're in California. And California has paid family leave, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Like I think mandated. so. So she's... And she works for the government. So mm-hmm. she's got to get, be getting some sort of leave, right? hmm I don't know. Yeah. I think timeline-wise, Lil B is in pregnant. the hopper. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. And, like, because this movie takes place over... I think like a week, maybe. Mm-hmm. If you factor in all the flights, I feel like it has to be a week minimum. <laughs> like, <laughs> like getting mm-hmm. to Abu Dhabi and like getting back to California, but getting all over the place. <laughs> Just a week in the air. <laughs> right, right. You, you got to pack the swimsuit for this one. You got to pack your, you know, cut off t shirt for this one. Yeah. 
You don't carry that all in one place. Or you need to rent a stop. tuxedo somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you right. know? It takes time. It takes time. Um, so, you know, it makes... But then she shows up at the barbecue again, right? And so we don't... Like, she's not... She She's not very far along. So, mm-hmm. I think you're right. But that, like, betrays doesn't betray anything it's just like we've been we circle this all the time of like was dom still mm-hmm. hanging out with elena when letty was like regaining her memory mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i mean and like what's the ethics of that i don't really know mm-hmm. i don't really know i think no i think even if he wanted to i think the way elena um, this handling situation. She's like, "You got your person back. If it were my husband, that's what I would do." Yeah. So, yeah, no, we're no longer enough. together. Yeah, fair enough. She really took the role of um, like the Ava Mendez situation, right? Like, they re- they really were like, "Oh, well, we can get Elsa Pataki for half Ava Mendez's quote. Let's just totally do that." Basically, that's what it feels like to me. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, how was your watch, man? Uh, it was good. I mean, to put it into context now of the Fast and Furious one to X over here. I mean, we're in peak vehicular warfare, and the comparison of this to X, the Return to Family, the gap is bigger, and I'm glad. We went in that direction. Yeah. I think, you know, this one has, right, we have all the no, we have all the nobodies who, they just, they float around. The agency is just dropped in there for all of our characters who we spent years developing and rooting in, um, you know, in LA, driving and racing in uh, law enforcement. Everybody has like a ground where, you know, Mr. Nobody in the introduction of the agency come in and they're just floating in, you know, the middle of nowhere. And that right. detaches all of our main characters. It untethers from. them from reality, basically. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I feel like we have Bad Day Mose, Ramsey coming in. I think the introduction of new stuff is willy-nilly. Mm. And in contrast to X, there's a... Serious effort to tie it all together, which, yeah. you know, is nice, but it's also come to um, characterize the movies as we know it. It's like, it's not it's not easy, as we know, to tie everything together across a complicated timeline with all these new people, but, you know, yeah, there's an art to that as well. I think you're right. I think there is an art to it. And I think they stumbled a little bit. You know, they had some... I'm, I'm glad... I think you're right. Like, I'm glad they sort of went... In the, there's no other direction for them to go. Because the mm-hmm. thing that was tethering them to reality was, like, Brian O'Connor. Mm-hmm. Or it was, like, maintaining the fiction that, like, I, I'm, like, I was an FBI, but then I, like, betrayed the FBI, but I'm still a good guy, and I'm, like, a family man. Like, mm-hmm. maintaining that whole storyline fiction is, like, the same amount level of sort of insanity as being like 
Dom being like, I'm a street racer. You know, like this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm just a humble street racer. Mm-hmm. So that's, once they lost Brian O'Connor, it's like the, your tether, like the string holding the balloon has snapped. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like the balloon is floating. And I think they stumbled a little bit bringing it into that sort of heightened reality world. And to me, like that's eight, a hundred percent, right? It's like mm-hmm. eight is their sort of stumbling block and sort of moving this thing from semi-reality into cartoonish insanity. Mm-hmm. And then nine, Lynn comes back and figures out a way to do the cartoonish insanity where it's like fun and kind of makes sense. And um, it at least like, embodies a whole world of it instead of just having pieces of cartoonish insanity injected in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then X sort of takes that to the, you know, takes those things and like moves them to the next level, which I think was really good. So yeah, I think you're right. But, but also like, I just think they knew they were moving. They were like, this is just the direction. There's no other direction to go. We have to go. Mm-hmm. You can't now, like, after this movie, Seven, jumping off the back of a falling bus and, like, grabbing onto Michelle's car, you know. You can't then go back. We can't Mm -hmm. go backwards. We can't. It's so clear watching Four. And, like, Four is a movie that exists in the real world. Whether Mm -hmm. or not, it's like using some technologies we know more about now, but we knew less about then to sort of give it a sort of tech edge Mm -hmm. that... It has to four with the GPS stuff and the trackers and the nitro meth and, you know, but all that stuff is just like NOS. It's like this, this technology that most people aren't that familiar with that makes, that sounds interesting and car racy and techy mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So, but like four happened in the real world, <laughs> like mm-hmm. on earth, on planet earth, you know, <laughs> like, and Eight, nine, seven, ugh, but then eight, nine, ten, like, are on are in a different universe, right? Yeah. So, um, but you can't do four again. You, there's no way you couldn't do four right. ever again. Wouldn't happen. I don't know. It's a good movie though. Seven's good. Yeah. I mean, I had a really nice watch through. I'll say that. <laughs> good. Good. Yeah. Yeah. It was lovely this morning. Um, I gotta go get a Diet Coke. I'm gonna, you can talk about, do you want to talk about with the listeners about whatever you want? I just uh, gotta sure. go we do can, it. I'm, we can have a few moments here. Yeah, I'm not gonna, um, survive, I think. <laughs> I gotta go do it. So, I'll good. be back. All right, that sounds good. Hey, listeners, it's me, Daryl. Um, what's going on? I mean, if you haven't seen Fast X yet, Get out there, go watch it. I heard from a friend today that they might be um, pulling it out of movie theaters sooner than later, which, as you know, is totally uncalled for, okay? If you listen to our Fast X original episode, you'll know that I'm a big fan of the newest feature. So, if you haven't already, make sure you catch Fast X in the movie theater, because... I hear they're reducing showtimes already, which is a terrible thing. Yo, get it in the theaters for sure. 
Yeah. I'm proud of Fast X. It did okay. It's doing okay at the box office. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. It's gonna make its it's gonna make its buck, you know? Good. I'm really I'm happy for Vin. I'd rather that make you know, it's like I think the the Flash movie came out and didn't do so hot. I mean it didn't look mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, it's one of those Yeah, six seventy nine worldwide, like I don't know. It's not great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did a gangbusters overseas. Five thirty-six of that is overseas. Well, huge. Good. Yeah, that's a huge percentage. What's the threshold do you think for um, major success for a movie of this size? I mean, everybody wants to clear a Billy. It's just not going to happen. But like yeah. seven, I'd say like seven fifty. If I was making seven fifty on this, I'd be pretty happy. Yeah. It's not quite there, but it also, nobody's losing their fucking shirt over this movie. It's like, it's fine. Right. right. It made money. And then it's going to make a bunch of money on streaming, and it'll be, it's going to be all right. You mm-hmm. know? Nice. So, um, yeah, I'm happy for Vin. I'm happy for Vin. Mm, go see it in the theater, though. Like, you'll have a great time. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what else you got for this movie? Um, what else is going on? Mr. Nobody is kind of mean. Mm-hmm. He's like, Oh, what are you going to do? Um, you know, how's that working out for you? Friends are dead. Your house is blown up. Why don't you consider working with nobodies? I was like, Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. My house just got blown up. All right. <laughs> don't be a dick. <laughs> don't be a dick about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought about that. I was like, man, that could suck. I hope he has insurance, but I also hope he has somebody to deal with the insurance because that's, it's going to be a lot of time on the phone. I'll be honest. It's going to be a lot of time on the phone. Have you ever tried to spend time on the phone with an insurance company? No. My man. Mm -hmm. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I don't know. Um, one thing I did notice is the Tuesday song. You know that song? Um, what's it called? Tomorrow never comes until it's too late. Yeah. Anyway. Um, that song is from Tokyo Drift. Yeah. It plays again in this movie. Mm-hmm. When Dom goes to Tokyo to meet uh, Sean Boswell. Sean Boswell. But the funny thing is it only plays in Tokyo Drift in the beginning in L.A. It's like the song, or LA, wherever the fuck he is. We don't even yeah, know like, where he is, right? Arizona? Like Phoenix, He's in maybe? Arizona. I think he's in Arizona or like <laughs> There Mexico must be, or... like, every time, there must be something in that movie where it's like that tells us it's in Arizona. And then every mm-hmm. time I watch it, like immediately is gone from my mind, but the uh-huh. Arizona part still sticks in there. Um, but that's his, like, I'm a sad kid in high school in Arizona song. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they play it in this movie. And the interesting thing is it turns from a non-diegetic song into a diegetic song 
in the movie. So just for our listener, non-diegetic, it means that it exists outside the world of the movie, like the music is playing sort of over the movie, and diegetic mm-hmm. means there's something in the movie that is playing the song. Um, oh. Right? So uh, you could have a movie with a piano piece over the top, or you could have somebody playing the piano in the movie and you're hearing the the piece from the piano. That's diegetic is when it's in the movie, mm-hmm. the motivation. Whoa. So it's weird. It starts as a non-diegetic song. And then when we get into like the conversation, it tunes itself into some sort of diegetic song that's playing over like the speakers at the party that they're having. Oh, cool. So it must just be one of Sean Boswell's favorite songs. It's all, <laughs> it's all I'm saying. You know, he brought it all the way from Arizona to yeah. Japan. Mm-hmm. Must like that song. That's so cool. Hmm. Um, all right. That's all I got this week. Yeah. Um, what do I have? So the football pass move between two cars we see it in x we see it in this movie is that something that um they invented in the fast and the furious or have you ever seen that in another movie before like like jumping throwing somebody slash jumping from car to car right i've never done it (laughs) i personally have not i personally have never done it (laughs) right right it's in the fast and the furious Sort of. Is it? I mean, Vince jumps off that <laughs> fucking truck <laughs> into the car. Yeah. Yeah. Vehicle to yeah. vehicle. <laughs> That's true. That's, That's true. true. Yeah. So yeah, maybe their foot. Yeah, maybe the only difference between the football pass and the normal jumped jumper is you have to be in a um, dual spin. In order for it to be qualified. Oh, I see. I see. Like the two cars have to come together, spin around each mm-hmm. other, pass it off. I think they invented it. Honestly, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen that I don't anywhere think else. I've ever seen it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they invented it. But good on mm-hmm. them. Kudos to them. Invented. Yeah. So. Cool. Football pass. Don't try it at home. Is all I'm saying. <laughs> don't even practice. Don't even practice it. Okay. Don't even practice it. Don't try it. Don't practice it. If but it's if not obvious, do, send us the TikTok, please. <laughs> send us the TikTok. But don't do it. Right. But if you do, mm-hmm. send the TikTok our way. <laughs> I love to see the TikTok version of it. I feel like I can um, redo it in like a grocery store because I'm a pretty aggressive shopping cart driver. You're jumping on shopping carts like a chump. I'm not like jumping on them, but. I- 33-year-old chump. I don't jump on them, but I drive I drive them around, and I mm. certainly drift around a um, uh, an island, whatever, a uh, row corner. Okay. It's just, it improves, you know, it improves my visibility as I'm coming around. Sometimes. And I can maintain speed. When you're in, in an aisle, and there's like four people in there, and you know, there's like, you create, there's a situation where arises where people are just paralyzed as to what to do. <laughs> you know and you're like mm-hmm. it's okay guys there's four yeah. people the aisle's big enough like let's all we'll just move around it's fine so i get that sort of being do you feel a responsibility at the grocery store 
to sort of be a steward of the shopping cart experience yeah. or a model for others. Hmm. I mean, I I employed normal, the normal etiquette I use most of the time, which is don't mess with anybody else's stuff. Hmm. Okay. And don't block people from doing what they, whatever they're doing. Keep it moving. My mother used to tell me never to leave the shopping cart anywhere because someone would take it. Mm. Like, with your stuff in it? It's like, <laughs> what? Is that a uh-huh. common thing, like, moms say? No, right? I don't. So I don't think so. I definitely, You've I will do the part. I mean, I understand the sentiment, but... It doesn't make sense to me. I park and I park and dump all the time. The whole concept here is oh, that yeah. I haven't paid for anything anyway. Yeah, bingo. I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. Also, yeah. like if I leave it and I go get like, I'll go aisles away. I'll leave it and go aisles away and get something mm-hmm. else and bring it back. Yeah, I know nobody's gonna take the cart. You know? Right. Nobody wants your cart. That's the whole thing. If yeah, they it's do, fine. it's, it's accidental. Yeah, yeah, it's all my stuff. <laughs> Um, I mean, I can see if you're at Costco and it's a busy day and they're out of carts and you mm-hmm. haven't put a lot of stuff in your cart yet. Maybe there's one thing and you're sort of near the entrance. Mm-hmm. I see like maybe hang on to your cart in that exact <laughs> scenario. Uh-huh. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. A well-run grocery store should have plenty of carts. Yeah, really, the exact amount of carts that um, the building's capacity can allow safely. I agree. That's exactly how many carts they should have. I agree. I mean, you've never seen Costco on a Saturday, on a Saturday morning in Auckland, man. It's fucking. <laughs> it's cra- I know you live in New York City, and there's a couple Costco's, and they're crazy. But people here, they're the. It opened four months ago. And uh-huh. it's only grown. It's just insane. It's like the craziest fucking shit. I do uh-huh. in my life is like go to Costco <laughs> on, on a Saturday morning. Uh-huh. And I've always been a guy who's like, well, just go on like a Tuesday at 1 p.m. and nobody will be there. But there's a reason people go on the weekend because like that's when they have free time. You know, mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. I'm just falling into that trap of middle age of like, gonna go on the weekend. That's all right. <laughs> that's know? right. Anyway. Hmm. You want to do some shout-outs? I got one. Yeah, hit it. Hit me. All right. So, turns out I've never had a chili oil I didn't enjoy. All right? Well, yeah. Fair. So, I mean, I think the, the memorable ones that I get are from Roberta's Pizza. They serve a nice I'm familiar. pizza. I'm very, they- very familiar. Mm-hmm. Yep. They serve it. They have it at Saragina over here. But um, since I started eating these Momofuku, like make it make it home ramen things, I've also been eating this chili oil, and I've eaten like a few jars of it, and now I'm trying other ones. Yeah. And turns out they're all fucking delicious. Yeah. All right. So this one, I don't know how they got the handle for it, but it's just called at Hot Crispy Oil. Hot Crispy and, Oil. Mm-hmm. Oh, at so Hot Crispy Oil. Like a handle right. for like an Instagram if you wanted to look it up. Yeah, but it, on the label it just says Hot Crispy Oil, but they were able to secure that as their wow, that's handle good. as well. Yeah. So they just do a blend. 
garlic, shallot, chili pea, oil, and just the chunkiness of it, and just like the depth of the spice is so good. So I put it on pizza, yeah. put it on noodles, I'll eat it over um, when we do vegetables and, you know, protein over brown rice. We've been eating a little bit of like healthier, kind of like lighter vegetable heavy bowls and stuff yeah just, and that stuff obviously sucks and you need sucks. something delicious to put on top of it to make it taste good <laughs> i get it yeah. i'm all yeah. so i'm very familiar <laughs> i'm very familiar yeah um so. no man that sounds good as hell so hot mm-hmm. crispy oil yeah so they must like fry that stuff up yeah this one in particular i think is made in albany new york they they have they have all kinds, um, but Did you say yeah, Albany? Just, yeah, it's an album. I just looked at the label to see what's identifiable about this thing. I got it from I've the never heard store anybody pronounce it like that, except here, where there uh-huh. is an Albany also. Hmm. I've always been on a Albany train. Albany. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. This might turn um, into like a salsa salsa type situation. <laughs> Hot crispy oil looks good. Yeah, they're putting it it's on great. Ice cream. I don't know if I can get down with that. Yeah, that's great. It kind of like spreads throughout your food, but you still it's chunky enough so that you get a nice like oily, soggy, um, just like bits Yum, as you're eating, dude. Yeah, <laughs> just like looking at this right now, it looks so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The chili oil thing is good. I'm also a fan of, like, the chili paste, like, the, the gochujang Korean paste type thing. Mm-hmm. I like that because it's got a little musty, like, sort of fermented flavor to it, too. That was yeah. very, always a very welcome experience. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, shout out to Hot Crispy Oil. If you want to, like, follow them, they're on Instagram, at Hot Crispy Oil, which is crazy. So easy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um... Gotta give it up to the Tour de France. Ooh. Gotta do it. So uh, we stumbled <laughs> upon the new, this like Netflix series. Yes. Tour de France Unchained. Uh-huh. And we cranked through that thing Ooh. fast. And that <laughs> show is great. It's like, okay, for those who haven't seen it, it is Drive to Survive, which is the F1 series, but bikes. And it's really good. And I'm into it. And all these little boys are so sweet and so skinny and ride their bikes so hard. It's yeah. incredible. It's incre- it really is. It really is. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Have you seen this series? I have. I've watched yeah. seven of the eight episodes, oh, okay. but I was also following the tour pretty closely last, last season. Year. So. Yeah, yeah, you know and what just, happens. I do know what happens, but the way that Drive to Survive and the way that this uh, Tour de France Unchained, the way that they present the drama and they have all the behind-the-scenes stuff is just adds so much more color that you don't totally. see in the normal totally. highlights. My problem a little bit is, like, they're going to do this for everything. Like, I think they got a golf one now, and I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. guys, like, let's <laughs> calm down, okay? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. But um, I'm in it, and the tour's coming up, like, next month, mm-hmm. and I'm pumped. Right. I'm going to yes. spend some time watching it, man. <laughs> like, that was awesome. The only dude I ever knew who was into it was, like, this boss I had when I was, like, 20 years old. Mm-hmm. He was kind of a bigger guy, and, like, 
I would not a guy I was expecting to like be into bike racing at all. And he was like, I don't ride bikes, but I take three weeks vacation every year and I sit in front of my TV and I watch every second of the Tour de France. I was like, wow, wow, awesome. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting. And like all the team dynamics and like yeah. the mechanics of how that works and I still don't understand what I don't understand. You're a bicycle man. Uh-huh. You're a bicycle man, so you may know the answer to this question. What I really don't understand is how riding like a foot behind somebody else conserves that much energy. That I don't get. Like <laughs> yeah. I just don't understand the physics of that, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. It's all about it's all about aero. In the same way that um, like in F1, it's all about aero and downforce. Mm. There's, you know, you create a pocket of low resistance behind a car. Right. And similarly, there's a smaller profile that you create behind a cyclist. And the reason why they get so tucked down into that hunched over yeah. time trial aero position is reduce their front profile. But even if they're reducing the maximum they can, there's still a pocket right behind them right, right and the energy savings for riding behind versus like riding in front and breaking wind mm-hmm. can sometimes be something like 40 percent. so that's what they said on the show yeah. so all you so, i was like yeah. that can't be right four i was like maybe four percent mm-hmm. but 40 mm-hmm. percent seems crazy 40 percent. so anytime you're riding over 15 miles an hour it's all about aero wow. and That's resistance, wild, and you can ex- you know you spend all your time and energy throughout the year, training and eating and making weight, but at the end of the day, you also have to have enough strategy because you know you can't stay out in front the whole time by yourself because all your opponents are sitting right behind you, relaxing, and they're just going to attack you at the end and take the wow. take the podium. That's amazing. So, That's amazing. Yeah. So. Uh, Jess and I, we ride in Prospect Park pretty frequently. I um, I use the guys as if I let, I'm let i letting her set pace, but really I am practicing riding as close as I can behind her rear wheel, and I'm taking a break. Wow. That's amazing, man. I can't. It's noticeable. Yeah. I'm happy for you. I don't know how. I, like, I'm never going to do it. That's how I feel. I'm happy for you. I... <laughs> I'm interested in it. I think what these guys are doing is amazing. I was looking mm-hmm. at these hills and the way they're going up these hills. I was like, I couldn't go 100 feet up this hill. And they're yeah. going like 13 kilometers straight up. And, it, and it's 100 degrees out there. And it's 100 degrees. <laughs> like, it sucks. It looks like it sucks so bad. Yeah. And they like rode 100, and they yeah. rode 100 miles the day before. And they rode 100 miles the day before, and the day before that, and the day before that, and the day before that. Yeah. Every day, they ride 100 miles. It's for three weeks. It just looks like it sucks so fucking bad. And then, at the end, if you don't in the top whatever, you don't even get to go to Paris and, like, celebrate with everybody. You just have to go home. (laughs) Like, what? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And imagine, if you're not even the team leader... You're not in, like, yeah, you're a domestique. You just have to, like, sit there, take wind, carry snacks. 
Yeah, carrying fucking drink bottles around everywhere, spraying them in people's mouth. The thing with the teams in the domestics versus like the team leaders dynamic, every yeah. single person on the show is like, it's a really important part of the thing. And like, you know, we really, we, you know, you're in the Tour de France and you're there to support and it's a team thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was just watching the Arnold documentary too, which is <laughs> why my accent is sort of all over the place. Uh-huh. Um, but like also when you, they have like the candid stuff of them on the bus, like meeting mm-hmm. before the races, like some of them, especially like the, the, the hot shots who used to be team leaders, but in and now is just like still on the team, but like a mm-hmm. little bit over the hill are like, I would really like it today. Like, can I go? You know, like, there's so much. Like, they're like, I actually really want to win. It's like, well, you know, he's younger and more fit. He's obviously, you know, he's a contender. He's a contender. You're looking a bit tired. Yeah. No, I liked everybody on the show. I liked the Welsh guy who was over the hill, but was still sort of cranking it. I liked the little fish, fish, like the, the guy who worked at the fish market. Jo- yeah. Jonas, Jonas, Jonas Vingegaard. 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 I love that guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just like Van Wert. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. while Van Art just attacking his team leader, <laughs> didn't <laughs> want to wait for him. I'm going for stage wins and glory, man. What do you want me to do? Yeah, he's like, I'm here to win. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> I yeah. love it. Too bad, too bad you ate it in the cobbles, dude. I'm over here. I got to get in position to, uh, got to get in position for the sprint. And the, like, whole thing of, like, the peloton is this giant (laughs) organism that is, like, merciless and relentless. If you're, like, you're either, you're in three things. Mm -hmm. You're either ahead of the peloton and you're dying and, like, (laughs) trying to win and it's a nightmare for you. Mm -hmm. You're in the peloton, which is... Historically, like the most dangerous place to be on Earth, it looks like basically, <laughs> yeah. you, you could die at any second, <laughs> or you're behind the peloton, and that truly is the worst place in the world. <laughs> you're behind the peloton, and you're no longer a professional cyclist anymore. It's just like <laughs> you're just you're losing. Your you're just guy riding right your bike, now. and yeah. the door France happens to be on in front of you. Oh my god. It's it's ruthless. It's ruthless. <laughs> it's ruthless, man. I'm so Oh, it got I'll say this this. Like the series uh-huh. did exactly what it was intended to do. It got me pumped. I'm like pumped to watch the tour. I'm ready for it. I'm really yeah. really excited. So, here we go. Can't Whew. wait. Um, all right. Well, if you want to talk to us about the tour to France or anything else, you can email us at nolt podcast and OLTT podcast. We're on Instagram. No, uh, no one likes the tuna podcast on Instagram. Oh, sorry. At no podcast is our Twitter, which doesn't exist anymore, unless Daryl wants to take up the mantle and do the Twitter stuff. But I'm not interested. Mm-hmm. So it's no one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. No one likes the tuna podcast on Instagram. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever else you got going on. Yeah. Very good. I got one more thing I want to talk about before we leave. I'm going to plug something I'm working on. Yeah. Can I do important. that? Yeah, you absolutely can. This I, is I've the plug. I've never done this really before, but I'm going to plug a thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my friend and friend of the podcast, Sandy So, old time friend of the mm-hmm. podcast, was on episode, I believe she was on episode 100 with us, tasting all those notes, uh, those, those, not those notes, 
I don't think it was episode 100, but she did a very famous episode of this podcast where we taste tested a bunch of uh, NOS energy drink. Oh my goodness, yeah. Where we all drank basically five cans of NOS in the span of an hour and it ruined the, our day. <laughs> um, Sandy's great. We're working on a movie, a little short film together. That's what we're trying to make. And I'll be honest with you, it's the hardest thing I've probably ever done. It's really hard. I'm really, I'm tr- really taking it seriously. I'm trying to, it's really happening. It's just like crazy. There's like a lot of fear around it, but I'm like really just trying to do something and make a little weird a movie that's like super weird. And um, if you want to read about it, we have a Kickstarter going on, which is the part I'm plugging. Mm-hmm. We have a little Kickstarter going on. If you go to Kickstarter and you search The Rite of Spring, which is the title of the film, R-I-T-E of Spring, um, you'll see our Kickstarter. You can read our synopsis. You can read my sort of director statement. You can watch a little mood reel that we put together for the film, sort of give you an idea of the tone of what we're trying to do. And there's a bunch of tiers that maybe you could uh, chip into, if you want, if you're feeling it. If you're not feeling it, like, I get it, man. I appreciate you taking the time and, you know, taking a look around and all that sort of stuff too, you know, um, anything helps, but yeah, we're trying to do this. We're about 60% of the way there on the Kickstarter, which is feeling pretty good. So yeah, uh, it's, I think it's going to happen and it's, um, it's very interesting. Yeah. I'm learning a lot every day, basically. It's very different than I thought it would be. I'll say that. Really? The whole process or just the Kickstarter? Just being in the role that I'm in. You know what I mean? Like, I'm directing this picture and, like, it's short. And it's just, like, it's just very different. It feels very different. I have a lot more sympathy. Mm. I'll say that. I have a lot more Mm -hmm. sympathy for for, for a bunch of directors on projects I've worked with before this. Um, Yeah, for sure. So, um, uh, anyway, take a look, you know, and if you want to chip in, that's great. Um, I've been putting it on the Instagram too, a little bit, which I'll do a little more of and writing updates as we go. And yeah, cool. Thank you guys in advance. If you chip in or in advance, if you just look at it, that's all. Kickstarter, right of spring, Nick Nocera, get out there. Yeah. And I've been putting links on my Instagram and stuff. And so is Sandy. So, um. That's all up there, too, at some point. So if you want to take a look at that through that way, yeah, you can do it there. Anyway, man, I'll talk to you in two weeks when we watch... Fast Five? Fast Five. Let's do it. Talk to you soon.